98.7 FM, Arizona's Sports Station. Yeah, could I have a number three with cheese and uh, a large coffee? And does this smell good? Wolfing down your lunch. <laughs> Serving up today's top sports stories with Wolf and Luke. Hey, boys. Presented by Stadium Swim at Circa Resort and Casino, Las Vegas's ultimate sports fan destination. Today's top sports stories. Wolf, are you ready for this? It's not with Maloney, even though Maloney yeah, is here. No, Maloney I am ready for off. this. It's with Rick. Is Command and Control ready for this? I'm, I'm ready. Is Phoenix ready for this? Yes. Hi, Rick. What do you got? All right. The Cardinals announced that they have made a whole slew of roster moves. Kicker Matt Amendola and safety Chris Banjo were signed to the active roster from the practice squad. Jonathan Ward was placed on injured reserve. Running backs Corey Clement and Tyson Williams were added to the practice squad. And wide receiver Laquan Treadwell was also signed to the practice squad. Which of these moves stands out the most to you guys? Uh, that's easy for me. Matt Amendola's kicking, it sounds like, yeah. this uh, this Sunday against the Seahawks. Yeah, you know. Yeah, just because he's going to directly impact I the game more yeah, than anybody I'm else. I just saying you'd have to start there. There's no doubt about that. Um, yet at the same time, I wonder how many other quality kickers are out there because there's not a lot of quality uh, kickers that are walking around the sidewalk when you get to this point of the season. I- so maybe there's a guy that actually um, has had some kind of success and has made a team. And that would be the Kansas City Chiefs with, of course, Matt Amendola. So let me ask you this, because I was having this conversation with somebody the other day. Are there really only in this country, or I guess in the world, 40 people that could kick at the NFL level? And I, honestly, at times it feels like 15. Is it really? I'm not I'm not trying to diminish the job. Yeah, but right. We really only have like 20 in the world that can do it? It's interesting that you say that, because, yeah, of course there are 32. Yeah. Half of <laughs> them are hurt this year okay. somehow. <laughs> there are 32, of course, in the league. And to your point, there's just not a lot of guys that are out there that have shown any more consistency. I mean, think about it. Matt Amendola, do you think he can kick? He, he obviously he, can he can wouldn't kick. get to this level if he, he couldn't kick. Get, he but I don't know if he can kick this, this Sunday. If he's in, he looked like he was in his head before he even kicked that no, ball. I totally agree. We were standing there watching him in in warmups, and he was pushing it to the right. So you knew he had to be up there. And now all of a sudden, the forty-three yard field goal and the opportunity to win the game. I was pushing this in warm-up. I was pushing this in warm-up. He knew that. He was in his head. Yeah, I'll I'll give you that. But Can we just turn him slightly to the left? The guy has got talent, obviously. He does. Uh, he wouldn't be he at would this, not he wouldn't be have been here on the Chiefs if he did. But I don't trust him to make kicks, and it's not just him. I trust like Justin Tucker and maybe so like now five you're other kickers. Have to trust some guy that you haven't seen kick in a game for you. Oh, you know what? We got tape of him last year, though. Well, you can earn That's that hard. trust by making kicks against the Seahawks. All right. According to multiple reports, Arizona State quarterback Emory Jones was back at practice today following his injury Saturday. However, the reports stated that Trenton Borgay took reps with the first team and Paul Tyson took reps with the second team. Our Sanderson Ford poll question asks, who would you rather see at quarterback for ASU, Emory Jones or Trenton Borgay? What do you guys think? Uh, this is tough because I, I do like Emory Jones. Um and I hate seeing somebody lose their job because they got hurt. But 
if you're, especially if you're Sean Iguano and you're basically like, I want to, I want to win seven, eight games this yeah. year and and make them have to really consider keeping me around. How do you not go with the hot hand? You haven't had a lot of hot hands this year at any position. Uh, I would like to parrot what you just said right there in regard to Emory Jones. I love Emory Jones as well. Yet at the same time, this notion that, you know, you can't lose your job due to injury. It's bull. It's absolute bull. Of course you can lose your job. If the guy that replaces you plays better than you were playing, of course you could lose your job due to injury. That just opened the door for the guy to get the opportunity. Now listen, it wasn't like Emory Jones was playing that poorly. He was not. But right now, what you saw from Trenton, Borgay, in the Washington game? Oh yeah, I'm giving him the opportunity to show me he can't do that again. All right, I will go with Trenton Borgay. And again, this poll is up at ArizonaSports.com. And 82% say Trent Borgay, 18% Emory Jones. Not a surprise to me. All right, the Phoenix Suns wrap up the preseason tonight at the Footprint Center against the Sacramento Kings at 7 p.m. right here on 98.7 FM with forward Jay Crowder remaining away from the team. Do you guys think he will be moved before the opener with the Mavs a week from today? Okay, so let's put the over-under, as uh, Rick just did, on October 19th for Jay Crowder to be traded. Wolf I don't think he's going to be traded before the opener. And then I think we're going to get into some real awkward territory. Yeah. Um, I'm sure they're trying to. So I'm not I'm, I, I, I'm not saying this like he definitely won't be. I just don't think he's going to be. Yeah. It's because of uh, just how many suitors are out there or not out there in this case. We were talking about that. If you're in a rebuild right now, are you really going to bring Jay Crowder in? Uh, I don't know. Maybe you want maybe you want Jay Crowder to be around some of these young guys. But Jay Crowder strikes me as a guy that wouldn't do very well around a bunch of young guys. He is guys. used to being on winning teams lately, The last, even before he got to the Suns, obviously, with yeah, Miami. Yeah, now I don't know that to be a fact, but that's just my impression, especially the older he gets. And yet at the same time, more established teams don't really want to give up the assets. No, and it goes back to we need to know exactly why Jay Crowder wants out. If it's just because Cam Johnson is starting over him, then is he really going to want to go play on a team that is going to miss the playoffs and potentially not even start there? Or is he going to want to go play on another team that is going to be a playoff team, but he won't be starting there either? Yeah. Why even leave here? Or is there more to it? I don't know, but I, I don't think it's or all maybe getting resolved. they just the want Jay Crowder to come back. You do. Oh, I do. Yeah, you I know what, James? Do. I'm with you on that one, James. All right, that was Wolfing Down Your Lunch. Thank you, Rick. Good job, we, Rick. Uh, we come back. What are the... Did that with Maloney there, too. That was... Yeah, that extra, was weird. That's like that's uh, like Trey Lance with Jimmy Garoppolo looking over the <laughs> shoulder right there. Uh, what are the three things the Cardinals offense must do to score points Sunday in Seattle? That's next. It's the Wolf and Luke Show on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. I thought that was funny. Welcome back. It is the Wolf and Luke show. I was expecting Wolf to comment on the music, but he did not. So now we are going to get into the three things the Cardinals offense must do to score points against the Seattle Seahawks. Now, Wolf, I'm going to start this off with this very 
um, simple, not even a disclaimer, just sort of a setup. Would you say the Cardinals need to score more points to win some of these games? Yeah, no, there's no doubt about it, man. Their offense is their strength. Let's see it. And would you, it. would you say they need to do it earlier in some of these games? Actually, Boy, not some of, all of these no games. No doubt about it. Yes, they got to get going right now. And, you know, I've said this, um, Kyler Murray is right in the middle of these slow starts as well. I do believe Kyler Murray has played consistently uh, overall better than anyone else on the offensive side of the ball. I believe he's done that. Now, that doesn't make him perfect. It just shows... It just goes to show you how imperfect the offense basically has been. A lot of times the quarterback's going to be right in the middle of that. They're going to, you're going to start how your quarterback starts. And Kyler Murray has struggled to start some games here with any consistency. He, he has. And, and what's tough is even as you're like, as you're saying that, I'm thinking, okay, well, who else has been good on the offense this year? Like who has shown flashes? I would say Hollywood Brown has. I would say the offensive line really yes. has other than the first game. I would say when given the ball, Eno's been good. Daryl Williams, I know he's, he's out for a little bit now. James Conner, I thought like... <laughs> The way individual Zach Ertz has made some plays, the way individually the offense is going, Wolf, it doesn't add up to them Dude. being as ineffective as they are. It just doesn't seem like the plays are are surprising anybody. Yeah, you know what? Um, I want to riff on this do for it. a minute. Do you mind if I do this right here? Um, what do you say, Command and Control? You give me a digital download right here. Give me something. Used to a little bit. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Oh. I see why you picked this. See what I've become. What does the Arizona Cardinals offense need to do in order to score points? Especially as it pertains to the Seattle Seahawks, up in the Emerald City, of course. They've got to run the ball well. Can I give you that, Luke? All right, I'm going to write that down. Write that down. Run the run, ball. Run the ball well. well. There are three things, Basinonians, they need to do. Number one, they need to run the ball well. Seattle's front seven, they're not good against the run. <laughs> they're not good. They're struggling. Their defensive linemen are struggling to actually stay in their gaps. Their defensive linemen are struggling to actually tackle at the point of attack. Their their linebackers are not filling the way that they should. Their linebackers are not tackling at the second level the way that they're capable of tackling. They're not doing it. Their secondary might be the worst tackling secondary in the league. And I... I'm not attacking these guys. Oh my goodness, I was the worst. I was the worst Pro Bowl special teams player ever when it comes to tackling. I was the worst. I tried to block people to the ground. That's what I did. So I know poor tackling when I see it. They need to run the ball well against the Seattle Seahawks. That's number one. Are you ready for number two? Writing down number two right now. Run the ball well with a vertical disposition. When I say vertical, do I mean, ladies and gentlemen, up into the air? No. No, I don't mean that. Fun to see. I mean straight ahead. I need straight ahead, not horizontally towards the sidelines. I mean run the ball down the field. 
That's what they need to do. That's number two. Did you write that one I down? Did. That was more wordy, but I wrote it down. Listen, the Seahawks are only the ninth team. Listen to this now. The ninth team in NFL history to give up 145 or more rushing yards and two rushing touchdowns in three consecutive games. They're the only in the history of the NFL, the ninth team to do that in three consecutive games. Give up at least 145 yards rushing or more and two rushing touchdowns in three consecutive games. They're bad. They're historically bad. That's number two. Number three, they need to run the ball well with a vertical disposition in the red zone. That's number three. So, in summation here quickly, run the ball well, run the ball well with a vertical disposition, run the ball well with a vertical disposition in the red zone. Did you get all that, Luke? I did. And so I I not only agree with you, but I feel especially bad for Dave Pash if they run some sort of reverse flea flicker from the seven. (laughs) The Seahawks are giving up over 170 rushing yards per game and over five yards per rushing attempt. They are struggling badly. Yeah, I go back to something you said earlier in the show. Football doesn't have to be complicated. This is, with everything you just said, with anything people have seen watching the Seahawks this season, it doesn't have to be complicated, Wolf. You just go out there. This team can't stop the run. Run on them. You're not going to solve all of your problems. You're not going to, it's not going to fix everything this season in one game. But you know what would fix things a lot? Going into Seattle and beating the Seahawks. Then you're three and three. You're getting DeAndre Hopkins back. You set yourself up for success if you go in there and beat Seattle. And I agree with you this week that on paper and in film, certainly, and honestly in practice on the field, running on the Seahawks is going to be the easiest way to do that. Yeah. And, you know, once again, um, I, I don't know how you want I don't even care how they do it. Whether they put them under center or not, which I still think that's the way to evolve this offense, but whether they put them under center or not, I really don't care. Um, run the ball in between the tackles. You want to do it out of the shotgun? Yeah, no problem. Here we go. You want to do it out of the pistol? All right. Um, run the ball. Run the ball. I, I, well, you know what I'd love to see? Like, I'd lose my mind Them right running now. The I will ball. tell you right oh. now. Um, what if they just came out and started running the ball until they didn't move the chains? What, what, was, what a statement that would make right there. Just, we're going to hand the ball off three times. And if that moves the chains, just we're going to just keep doing. We're just going to keep running the ball. Like Belichick in that game against the Bills exactly last year. Exactly right. <laughs> until you prove you can stop it. I, I would love to see that. now. And I'm not just talking on one play. Come out with that mindset. Of saying to the offensive line, this game is your game, baby. We're going to win or lose based on how you play. Now, we should put this out there. The uh, update from Ian Rappaport on the, the, the Cardinals' backfield for this week uh, from earlier this uh, this morning. James Conner, rib issue. Status is sort of unknown for Sunday. I'm kind of guessing right he's going to play, but, but See, who knows? You know what? Honestly, it, I, I consider this to be good news that he's questionable on Wednesday. Okay. Good news. I do, too, uh, with the way that looked. Daryl Williams sprained knee out this week. Okay. Uh, Jonathan Ward hamstring is on IR. The team announced that uh, about an hour ago, too. So 
IR. Okay. It, it won't be. <laughs> you see all He's that. He's a great teams player. That's yeah. where it's really going to impact is special teams. So you look at that, and I think in a normal situation, hey, okay, this team is missing their number one running back, uh, you know, either 2A or 2B, whatever you consider Darrell Williams and Eno, and then, you know, their fourth, and maybe it's going to be harder to run. You still have Eno. You have Keontae Ingram if you have to go to him. I, I, James Conner's at least, you know, game time, I would say. Yeah. So you're still going to have pieces to run, and, and I do think it needs to be emphasized again, even though you just did, Wolf. It's not like, oh, Seattle's biggest weakness is the run. No, Seattle can't stop the run. <laughs> There's a difference between, okay, like Philadelphia last week, what's their weakness? Well, they're not as great at stopping the run as they are at moving the ball with Jalen Hurts or whatever. Seattle just cannot stop the run. So I, I, I tend to agree with you in this case. Make them prove they can do it. Also from, uh, from practice today. Darren yeah. Urban just tweeted out that uh, Matt Prater not available this week. Matt Amendola will kick, according to Cliff Okay, you, you know what I'd love to see, too? Um, I'd love to see Corey Clement get the opportunity to play. <laughs> you know, uh, again, I'm not, saying, I'm not saying, hey, let's go ahead and put him in instead of James Conner. I'm not saying that, but Corey Clement, um, 5'10". Oh, no. 220. This is one of those wolf running backs. 5'10". <laughs> 220. But, you know, just think about that, Basin Onions, for a minute. You're, you're driving around. You, you have no idea. You just heard me say 510, 220. Oh, no, I can figure it. Look at the smart car next to you. That's 510, 220. <laughs> can I tell you right now what a tough tackle 510 and 220 can be? <laughs> it can be nightmare on Elm Street to try to tackle that. Is that a little Halloween and By the thing way, tis the, the yeah, of course, it's October. <laughs> tis Here we the go. Season. Tis the season, man. I Let's saw, get into the spirit. I saw. I can't believe you you had that ready to go. Did we talk about this? Did we plan? No, we didn't plan that. There it is. What? 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 What is that? Never Run saw that movie. What? Never saw that movie. What are you talking about? That well, movie? I've never he, seen it. Actually, this is Friday the 13th theme song. Oh, okay. If you want the yeah, Norman the, Bates. Yeah, give me the Norman okay, Bates. Okay, give me a second. Wait, 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 wait. Oh, that was loud in my ears. You pot it down a little bit. That's brutal. Never seen that movie, and I'll never hear that movie now if I try to watch it. Um, Psycho. I believe that was called. Yeah, that's what it was called. Text us your thoughts to the Fandle text line at 620-620 right now. Preferably about the Cardinals, not about your favorite Halloween movie. Although, you know what? We'll take those two. Yeah. When we come back, how long can the Suns afford to wait on the Jay Crowder trade front? That's next. It's the Wolf and Luke Show on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Counting down for everybody the beginning of the healing from that May 15th debacle at the Footprint Center is basically a week from today, Wolf, the start of the regular season Suns Mavericks. They have one more preseason so game tonight, up. but yeah, let's... let's Seriously, I cannot wait for that game, right? there. The Mavericks! Man, Adam Silver and the NBA knew exactly what they were doing on that one, didn't they? Yes, very, very few uh, accidents when the NBA or the NFL puts out the schedule. Uh, Ryan Rosillo, 
was on the Bill Simmons podcast. These guys do this every year. They kind of go through and they look at, you know, I think this year it was a three-part podcast. That's how long it was. They typically go through and look at the over-under win total for every single team. And then they do the different themes for, uh, you know, depending on how they think the season's going to go. But when they got to the Phoenix Suns, Ryan Rossillo had this. Ryan Rossillo, who's been on the show a few times, had this to say about the Suns. My biggest thing with the Suns for the offseason was, wasn't the obvious things. I was like, can you please bring in some kind of combo guard that can lessen the blow? Like, Dennis Schroeder actually would have been a really nice fit for them. Um, but in the midst of everything that's happening with Sarver, when they were always cheap traditionally on top of everything else, I'm like, wait, so how can you not bring in a guard to just ease the the play set up burden for Paul. Have him play off the ball a little bit because if he continues to break down like this late, which we've now seen, because I don't know what to believe at the end of this this uh, playoff blowout. So you're not believing in Cameron Payne again? No, I'm I'm for Cameron Payne, but I still expect Chris Paul to play really well. I can't believe the front office couldn't do something to try to maybe, hey, as he gets older, have a slightly different plan of attack to protect him. Um, and they, they didn't do it. They didn't do it again. So a couple things off that, Wolf. We've had Ryan Rosillo on our show a few times, and the last time we had him on was after the Suns season ended, and we asked him about Chris Paul because anybody who knows Ryan Rosillo from his old radio show or his podcast now, he is a big Chris Paul enthusiast. And uh, so for him to say right there, what honestly a lot of us were saying at the start of the offseason before things got all crazy with Kevin Durant and all these other things, that did feel like the first thing they had to address when the season ended. Hey, how about some guard depth behind your guard that keeps yeah, breaking down? Yeah, um, you have to answer the question, though. Do you believe in campaign? Do you believe in campaign? And I think James Jones right now, based on his moves, um, he hasn't been too desperate, has he? Maybe not desperate enough. And maybe the answer is because he believes in campaign. And there's there's nothing wrong with believing in campaign, but is there a way to do it where your season doesn't just end if you're wrong? <laughs> Can we lower the stakes a little bit? But I think it's pretty obvious, though, that, right? I mean, if he were desperate, something would have happened by now. Something would have happened. I I don't get the sense that he believes campaign can't do that job. I think you're right. I, I I hope he's right. I think you're right. His actions, James Jones' action, the Suns' actions would seem to indicate they feel like they're going to get the campaign from two seasons ago as opposed Correct. to the one. The guy who stepped in for Chris Paul in the Western Conference Finals and helped lead the Suns to two victories in games Lit one and it two. Up. Um, but he was not that guy last year, so I would hope behind the scenes there's some sort of contingency Let's plan in place. Let's talk about this for a minute. I know this isn't exactly where we wanted no, to go, but go. In, in terms of campaign, you so campaign, we all know, can do it, right? Yeah. We've seen him do it. And to your point, in the Western Conference Finals, it's a pretty big stage. That's kind of a big, that's a big deal right there. Yeah. So we've seen him do it at that level and to that degree. So now all of a sudden you see maybe a sophomore slump. Is that what you're going to say? It is that what you're going to call it? Where campaign the year before really had what I consider to be his breakout season. And then all of a sudden, now all of a sudden, he, what? Maybe did campaign get a little idle? Did campaign lose his edge? Is that a possibility? He wouldn't be the first guy, based on earnings. He would not be the first guy, and he will not be the last guy for that to happen who's experienced some success, and then all of a sudden, you feel like you've, you're here. You've arrived. You've made it. 
It's called being a human being. And you better have your guard up if, in fact, you want to avoid that and complacency. You better be ready. Have your guard up. Humility's a wonderful master. And maybe campaign got a little too full of himself last year. You might very well be right. Um, and I guess I hope that's the case because that would seem to indicate he could refocus and be the guy we saw two years ago. I, I find it crazy if that is the case because of the path he took to get here in his career. You know what I mean? He bounced around. He bounced around the planet to get to this point. Uh, but I don't. I don't necessarily think you're wrong, honestly, because yeah. he looked so different last year. Now, maybe some of it is teams, there was a book out on, on the good version of campaign that we saw two years ago, and they figured out a way to force him to do things he didn't want to do, let's say. I just think you have to have some sort of contingency plan in place because, to me, Wolf, you know, we did our, our son's three-pointer yesterday, your biggest questions going into the season, this and that. O- overwhelmingly, for me, the biggest potential issue I see this team having is not – hey, is D.A. going to be as happy as he was? Or is Monty Williams a little frustrated with D.A.? Or are they looking at Kevin It's Kevin Durant? It's not any of that. It is, does this team have enough depth? Because yeah. they had plenty last year to win 64 games. It kind of dried up in the playoffs, and they've actually gotten rid of that depth that they did have. Yes. Um, you know, again, it's so amazing that we're having this conversation because you're right about this. Yet the depth on this team won't matter nearly as much if DeAndre Ayton plays like the DeAndre Ayton that we want to see him play and that I believe Monty and James Jones wants to see him play at. A level of intensity and physicality. That's what I think they're waiting for. I think this is this is it. Uh, January 15th looms for DeAndre Ayton. And I think it's all going to come down to, okay, how much better can this team be if D.A. does play more physically and how much better can this team be if campaign plays like campaign of two years ago and you know what you go back and i'm I'm sorry to belabor the point i really am but i know how this happens i've seen it with my own eyes so many incredibly talented human beings luke so many first round picks that came into an organization and they had all the talent in the world and guess what they went out they'd play well and then sometimes they'd get full of themselves and bam here comes the crash it's called the sophomore slump it's a cliche it literally is a cliche because it happens all the time a sophomore slump Why does it happen all the time? Because of complacency. And I think of campaign, and he got drafted. He came out, he was drafted, what, 14? Number 14 overall, as a matter of fact. That same draft, Oklahoma City, drafted him, first round, thought he was going to be all that in a bag of chips, and guess what? He wasn't. And he took the the road less traveled. Bounced all all the the roads around the world. Why is that? Maybe he just thought, he had made it as the 14th pick overall. Well, uh, we'll get into the Jake Crowder stuff a little bit later on, but the, the overall theme here is I'm a little worried about the depth. Not that I think the Suns are going to struggle. I just think that I still view them as a title contender. 
And I feel like other teams are starting to catch up. Obviously, some have passed them. And in the case of Golden State, maybe Golden State was always ahead of them. I just don't know how, like, I, your question from yesterday just keeps ringing in my head. Is this Suns team right now better than it was a year ago? Right. And I don't know how you can say it. it is better right now than it was a year ago. All right, when we come back, what's Wolf going to have his eyes on when the Cardinals take the Seahawks on Sunday in Seattle? He's going to tell you next. It's the Wednesday edition of What Will Wolf Watch on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Wolf and Luke Middays, 98.7 FM, Arizona's Sports Station. It is a Wednesday afternoon during the NFL season, so it is time for some What Will Wolf Watch? And uh, and Wolf, you know, in, in I almost said in years past, in last season, <laughs> I would uh, I would like, you know, we would do the show prep. I'd ask some questions. Okay, sure. Wolf, you know, what are you going to be talking about here when, when we throw to you on this? Where, where are you going with it? And, uh, and this year, after like, I don't know, the first two weeks, I have just gone completely, we're just going to fly blind here, and I have no idea what you're about to talk about, which is, um, it could make some people uneasy, but for me, I'm, I'm here for the spontaneity, so okay. here we go. That is great, man. How's that for setup? Look, you know, that's beautiful right there, seriously. This could um, go anywhere. Square your jaw and throw your shoulders back. It's time for What Will Wolf Watch? What will Wolf watch? The Wizard of Washington. Oh, I, I love this stuff. Okay, um, the Arizona Cardinals are getting ready to travel up to the Emerald City and play the Seattle Seahawks in the land of Oz, formerly known as the land of Pete Carroll. The Cardinals are 2-3 and three and have a struggling offense that cannot start fast. The Seahawks are 2-3 and and have a struggling defense that cannot get off to a good start. Something has got to give. And let's hope it has nothing to do with a house falling on a witch. Tis the season after all. Pete Carroll has a house. In that house, he has reams of articles that have been written about him being one of the NFL's best defensive minds. He's the Wizard of Oz. And unlike the Wizard, the buck stops with him. He picked his defensive coaching staff in the spring, and Clint Hurt is his defensive coordinator. But this coaching staff has assembled a defense that does anything but hurt offenses. The Seahawks are number 31 in scoring defense, 32nd in total yardage given up, 26 in passing defense, 32nd in rushing defense, 32nd in opponent scoring percentage, and dead last in three and outs, as well as yards per play, dead last. They have started slowly, and although they have given up 82 points in the first half of games, they are still in Kansas when it comes to the Cardinals' offensive futility. The Cardinals have scored 26 points in the first half, 26, and zero points in the first quarter. Instead of yelling, Anti-M! Anti-M! The Cardinals are off to see if Pete Carroll's defense might be the cure for what else their struggling offense. Forget about wishing for a heart, a brain, or courage. Big Red needs to find a way to get home, 
get back to being an explosive offense and get back to having leads early in games. The Cardinals need to run the ball and do it with the intent of destroying the Seattle Seahawks because the Seattle Seahawks suck when it comes to stopping the run. Through the first five weeks of the season, gap integrity against the run has been an unmitigated disaster and tackling at all three levels abysmal. After letting Taysom Hill and Camara run roughshod over them, the Seahawks became only the ninth team in NFL history and first in nearly two decades to allow at least 145 rushing yards and two rushing touchdowns in three consecutive games. These numbers are historic. This defense is historically bad. The Wizard of Oz was famous for being wise and all-knowing. And although Pete Carroll is wise and an excellent football coach, he is unknowing as to why his defense is starting slow. I don't know why it's like that, Carroll said on Sunday. I have no idea why it would start slow. But we're dealing with it again, and I know we're going to come out of it. The Seahawks' defense needs to find some ruby slippers if they hope to come out of it. Click their heels together three times and make a wish. Like getting off to a good start. And the Arizona Cardinals, oh, the Arizona Cardinals' offense is off to see the Wizard and his horrible defense. When they walk into the Wizards' throne room, Lumen Field... They need to ask for a running game and the circumference to use it. That certainly will bring some serenity to Cardinal fans, wouldn't it? I was trying to do a lot of quick math on the fly based on something you said in there. And I haven't seen this anywhere. I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure it's out there. But do you have their point differential by quarter? I do not. Season? Okay, good, because I just did it. Okay. And now I'm doing the math real quick. <laughs> That's great. I, I do not have it. But I do know that, once again, they've struggled early in games, the Seahawks. And the Cardinals, as we all know, have struggled to score. This is one of those games where it might be who gets off to a better start wins the game because they've both been so weak in that area. But for the Cardinals specifically, and I'm pretty sure I'm doing the math here on the fly as we're going, minus 38 in the first quarter, minus 16 in the second quarter. Okay. Tell me if you see a pattern here. Minus 10 in the third quarter, plus 40 in the fourth quarter. Oh, my goodness. I didn't know it was that acute. (laughs) I did not know it was that acute. Almost like they get. Start off really bad and get better as the game goes. Wow. Yes, I see a pattern there, Luke. Yeah, well done it's, by it's you. It's a direct line. Up it's just some. I thought it was interesting to know that the Seattle Seahawks were struggling as well, that their defense was struggling to start games. I did not know that until I started doing research on the Seahawks, of course, and I thought that was so odd that here it is, the Cardinals how they have struggled early in games and to start fast. And I'm not just talking about the offense, Basin O'Neill. 
This has been a team-wide thing. It's one of the reasons why, going into last week, they were trying to change their schedule, trying to do whatever they can, once again, just to remind guys... Not to physically say, oh, this is the way we're going to do it. Just to mentally remind guys what? I have the solution. This is perfect. What? Okay, so the Cardinals game starts at what, 105 on Sunday? Yeah. It might get pushed back an hour and 20 minutes because of the Mariners-Astros game. Okay. That's perfect for the Cardinals. I see where you're going with that. They'll come out thinking, hey, we're getting ready for the second half. It'll be the first quarter. Man, I got it. I got it the first time you said it. So, <laughs> that was really well, good. So that's what we need. We need, we now, if you are a Cardinals fan, you don't care who wins the Mariners Astros series. You just need the Mariners to win one of these games so that the Cardinals game on Sunday starts about an hour and a half later right. than it was supposed to. Cause that, yeah. that'll be what happens. If there's a game for Mariners Astros, Cardinals kickoff is going to be at 225. So. That's perfect, Wolf. They'll come out thinking, all right, time to start the second half. It'll be the start of the first quarter. I like it, Luke. I like where you're going with that one right there. But let me just remind people again of the futility of the Seattle Seahawks defense. And why, I, if the Arizona Cardinals can't go up there and score points, hold on to your butts, ladies and gentlemen. Because I I might be part of the terrified family (laughs) at that point in time. Because well, they're number 31 in the league. 30.8 points per game allowed the Seattle Seahawks. They're dead last in yards per game allowed and dead last in yards per play allowed. And number 31 giving up 30.8 points per game. Those are huge metrics that say so much about this team. They've given up 84 points in the last two games, Seattle has. Yeah. And you're right. It will get lost in the shuffle no matter what. It's going to get lost in the shuffle after this Sunday's game because all anybody's going to be talking about is, hey, DeAndre Hopkins is coming back on Thursday against New Orleans, and that is true. But to your point, Wolf, if they can't score against the Seahawks, and really if they can't score some points early against the Seahawks because as bad as Seattle has been defensively, they've been even worse at the start of games. DeAndre Hopkins can only mask that for so long. You need, you're going to need to fix whatever the problem is. Uh, and DeAndre Hopkins is a huge part of the solution. I'm not saying he isn't, but you can't be that dependent on just one guy. Maybe for the New Orleans game you can, maybe for a few games, but you're still in win-now mode. All right, when we come back, what does Kellen Olsen want to see from the Suns with the regular season starting a week from today? We're going to ask our own Suns guru yeah. next. He joins us. I see him. He's going to be in studio. It's the Wolf and Luke Show on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Killer.